Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. We can get into a lot of trouble. Our mouths can get, a big mouth can get us into big trouble. Would you agree? And what we say, we can trap ourselves by our own words. That's what this proverb is saying. Our lips can be a snare to our own soul. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Proverbs. Have you ever gotten so caught up in speaking that you said something you didn't mean? Maybe it wasn't unkind, but still, you couldn't control your tongue. Pastor J.D. talks to us today about how powerful our words are. They can bring blessings or ruin. Before you speak, think hard about the words you want to voice. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. For now, here's Pastor J.D. in Proverbs chapter 18 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. All right, let's jump in. Verse 1, Proverbs 18. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. This speaks to those who say, I don't need anybody. I can just do this on my own. And they isolate themselves, they cut themselves off from anyone else, and certainly nobody can speak into their lives because they don't need anybody. And in so doing, they, to their own peril I might add, rage against all wise judgment. Oh, how foolish the man who seeks his own desire. I'll do whatever I want, whatever my heart's desire is. I don't answer to anybody. I don't need anybody. Verse 2, a fool has no delight in understanding, but in expressing his own heart. Picture this proverb here, verse 2 this way. You're in a conversation with somebody, and you're communicating to them, and you know they're not listening. And you know why they're not listening. They're not listening because they're thinking about what they're going to say. They're not hearing anything that you say. They have no delight in understanding anything that you're saying, they're only interested in you understanding what they have to say. And they're thinking about what they're going to say. And oh, they're so polite, so cordial, so noble. They have learned ever so eloquently to insert the, hmm, oh, is that right, in the right place. So you think they're listening. And then they laugh at inappropriate times. Then you realize they're not listening to anything that I have to say. And the reason they're not is because they have no delight in in doing so. Oh, it is a fool who is only interested in saying what they want to say, expressing their own heart. I heard it said this way by one, very wise. 
Seek first to understand, then be understood. This is one of those truths, one of those principles that you don't break. It breaks you if you go up against it. And certainly it's applicable in every arena of life, in particularly in the arena of parenting. Might I add, teenagers, seeking first to understand. Oh, you just don't understand. Mom, Dad, you just don't understand. Try me. And then when you just listen, and, and seek to understand what it is that they're trying to express. They're opening up their heart. They're pouring out their heart. I try to do this. I, in my own way of thinking, I'm a pretty good dad when it comes to this. <laughs> okay, maybe now let's move on. Verse 3, when the wicked comes, <laughs> contempt comes also. I mean, it just, it, it just comes with the turf, if I can say it that way. And with dishonor comes reproach. I mean, it's just, you can't separate it. It just, it comes packaged with wickedness. Where you find the wicked, you will also find contempt. Verse 4, the words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The wellspring of wisdom is a flowing brook. You know when you're talking to somebody that is just wise, I mean they just have wisdom, and not just wisdom, but godly wisdom. There's a depth to their character, a depth of character. And it is the wise one who seeks out those who have that depth of character. The, the opposite of that is the one who is not wise. I mean, they're so shallow, we would say, so surfacy. I mean, forget about trying to have a deep conversation with them. I mean, you try and you realize it's just not there. There's no depth. There's no depth of character. There's no wisdom. And this wellspring, this flowing brook, is that not indicative of something that is refreshing? You know how it is that when you talk with somebody that has depth of character, that has wisdom, godly wisdom, how refreshing is that? I mean, you just, you could talk to them all day. You could just never get enough because there's so much depth there. Verse 5, it is not good to show partiality to the wicked, or to overthrow the righteous in judgment. This reminds me of the prophet Isaiah, who records this curse, woe, a curse unto them that call good evil and evil good. Here the Proverbs is declaring that it is not good to show partiality to the wicked, to repay wicked with good, or even good with wickedness or evil, or overthrow the righteous in judgment. Ultimately there will be a final judgment, and God will absolutely, without question, without exception, have the final word in the end. Verse 6, a fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth calls for blows. 
In other words, you asked for it, you got it. You invited it. What came out of your mouth, what was from your lips, I mean, you, you wanted this, you invited this, you asked for this. So you're going to get what you asked for. You want contention? You got it. You want blows? You want to fight? You got it. You asked for it. Your mouth, your lips. And then verse 7 is along the same lines. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. We can get into a lot of trouble. Our mouths can get, a big mouth can get us into big trouble. Would you agree? And what we say, we can trap ourselves by our own words. That's what this proverb is saying. Our lips can be a snare to our own soul. Verse 8 continues on, the words of a talebearer are like tasty trifles. Oh, how true is this? In other words, when somebody's going to gossip, ooh, what is it about us innate within us, our sin nature, our human nature, that just has this appetite for some juicy gossip? It's so delicious. Oh yeah. Oh, did you hear what? Tell me more. There's something about us that likes that. <laughs> I was watching a documentary, and it was really interesting because it kind of talked about this shift in what we know today to be true about news. There was a day not that long ago in this country when news was actually news. Wow, I struck a chord there, didn't I? <laughs> Those were the days when it was actually news reporting that really mattered. And then all of a sudden there was this big shift. Cable had a lot to do with it, and the, the networks had to keep up. And then all of a sudden now it had to be about ratings. So how did they keep the ratings? Because it's all about money. Hey, listen, when somebody says, oh, it's not about the money, it's about the money. It's all about the bottom line. And all of a sudden, news that was really news wasn't getting the ratings, and as such, it wasn't generating the revenue. You know what was generating the revenue? Salacious, scandalous, that's what was getting the headlines. And all of a sudden now the news shifted. And that's why I'm going to bring up a case in point, a good example. And I think you're going to, I think, really get the point when I say this, the name O.J. Simpson. I mean, <laughs> who among us of course, this was 1991. I guess if there's anybody here that's that young, then just bear with us. We'll be right back with you in a moment. But who among us does not have indelibly etched in our minds a white Ford Bronco on a freeway? How scandalous is this? The juice. 
Yeah, it was the juice, all right. This is juicy. Juice sells. It gets ratings, and it makes money. You know, today, I was just thinking about this today. i got to be careful because um, <laughs> this is an issue. i got to be very candid and open with you. There's a, a carnality. And don't look at me all spiritual. You all have this carnality too. It's like a magnet that just draws all those metal carnalities in us to the, to the surface. But I'm just watching the news, especially the, all of this, you know, impeachment and, you know, all of the stuff that's happening. And I'm thinking to myself, just, just a minute, let me just, just stop for just one second. This is wall-to-wall coverage. I mean, during the, the hearings, they didn't even take commercial breaks. Are you kidding me? It's like, what is it about us that is glued to our screens to watch? Let me bring up another one while I'm at it. <laughs> Since I'm on a roll, you'll forgive me. How about the Kavanaugh hearings? You remember those? Wall-to-wall coverage. It was so salacious, and I mean it dominated wall-to-wall coverage, all of the news, all of the time. Why? It sells. There's something about us that wants that. We want to hear the latest. We want to hear what happened. Oh, it's a tasty trifle. It's a delicious morsel to our carnal nature. And it says, and they go down into the inmost body. That's a problem. I mean, we really digest it. We really consume it. By the way, that's why we're called consumers. Bear with me for just a moment. I hadn't planned on talking about this, but this is very important. Something many years ago that uh, the Lord had ministered to me concerning the church dynamic. You know, in a church you're either going to have consumers or communers, and I'll explain what I mean by that. The consumer mentality in the church today is this mindset that you, you go to a church and you, you sit there and you're like, okay, bless me. What's in it for me? It's all about me. The worship better be good, or I ain't coming back. And oh my goodness, that pastor, when he gets up, he better not go long, because I, I definitely will. I'll get up and walk out in the middle of the sermon. Don't do that, by the way. That really hurts my feelings. <laughs> you know, people, you take it really personally. It's kind of like you're, you're teaching and you're, you know, you're hoping and you're praying, oh Lord, I hope this is blessing somebody. And then somebody gets up and then they leave and you're like, what, what did I say? Was it something I said? I'm sorry. I'm not. But that's the consumer mindset. It's the worship songs. And by the way, there are plenty of churches that cater to that. <laughs> the worship songs, they're not about, like we had sung today about Jesus. You know that worship song? I love this song. I, I wish it were true. It's all about you, Jesus. The consumer mindset does not sing it that way. The consumerism mindset sings it this way. It's all about me, Jesus. It's all about what's in it for me. 
the worship team is there to entertain me. The pastor is there to entertain me and keep my attention. By the way, I learned many years ago, and I'm so thankful to God for this, that is not my job. Boy, the pressure is off. Listen, if it were my job, and it was up to me to keep your attention and not the Holy Spirit, well then you can kiss this pulpit goodbye and say hello to skinny jeans and a latte, because I'm going to be up here moving back and forth, being hip and cool, trying to keep your attention. That's a lot of pressure. Maybe we need look no further as to why it is that pastors are leaving the ministry by, listen to this latest statistic, updated, 1,700 pastors leave the ministry every month. Every month. That's a lot of pressure. Listen, (laughs) you know, the pastorate has enough pressures (laughs) in itself. That's not one of them, and no pastor should ever take that upon himself. Here's another one. It's not up to the pastor. The onus is not on the pastor to grow the church. Last time I checked, the book of Acts says, God does that. That's not in my job description. You know, my job description is, if I love Jesus, I'm going to feed the sheep, teach and preach the Word, make disciples. That's my job description. It's actually... Honestly, I have a pretty good, pretty easy job description. Doesn't mean what I do is easy. I know some people, you know, remember those memes from a while ago? You know, what my parents think I do, what my friends think I do, (laughs) what my boss thinks I do, what I actually do, and it's very different than what every, well, that is so true when it comes to the pastorate. I've had people actually, this is on the mainland many years ago, asked me, said, you know, oh, you're a pastor? Yeah. What do you do the rest of the week? Are you kidding me? What do I do the rest of the week? Oh yeah, I just sit in my office and organize my paper clips and rubber bands. That's all I do. And then I just work on Sundays. I golf the rest of the week. (laughs) I've often said, and it's actually, there's some merit to it, you cannot be a good golfer and a good pastor at the same time. If you're a good golfer, (laughs) Where do you have time to golf? Are you kidding me? Where was I? There was something very profound here that I was actually going to. (laughs) But no, it's, yeah, thank you. It's the consumer mentality. This mindset of, I mean, don't we live in a consumerism world? Everything's disposable. I mean, even the products we have now. Everything is just, get this, I know this is going to be deeply profound. Consumer, consume, you consume it. Consumer, consumers consume. Not communers, communers commune. We sup with the Lord and He sups with us. There's a communion, a common union. And that mindset is more like this. You come to the church, and the worship team's invisible. It's not about them. They're just leading me into worship. You get so caught up, you're just, you're worshiping the Lord. That's why oftentimes, and I know you do the same thing, I close my eyes, because I just, I don't want to be distracted by it. I just want to close my eyes, and I just want to praise the Lord. He inhabits the praises of His people. So I just want to, I want to commune with you. I want to sup with you. I want to worship you. I want to praise you. 
I want to glorify you. I want to magnify you. And so when, when the communer goes to a church, the worship songs, I had somebody one time tell me again, I never use illustrations from here, so I always use illustrations from the mainland, so to protect the guilty. <laughs> but I had somebody years ago on the mainland ask, or say to me uh, after church one day, he said, you know, I, I really didn't enjoy the worship today. I didn't think the worship was that good today. Now back then, you have to understand, I was a lot more militant than I, I am now. And I was younger. I had more energy nowadays. You know, as you get older, you just, you ask yourself this question, do I have the energy <laughs> to do this? And usually it's, you know what, just, it's okay. You know, you just let it go. You overlook it. Actually, that's going to be in the Proverbs uh, here uh, later. But back then, I, I was a little bit more snarky, I guess, for lack of a better word. And I just looked at this guy. I just said, well, you know what? That's not a problem because the worship isn't for you. So it doesn't matter if you liked it or not. And I didn't even want to ask him about the sermon. <laughs> I mean, apparently we're a little bit critical, aren't we? Hypercritical, perhaps? So in other words, the, the worship has to be good for you. No, it doesn't matter. And by the way, this goes both ways. And I've, I've shared this. So I'm up here, I'm teaching the Word, and the litmus test for me should never be what you think about it. See, when I drive home, at the end of the day, it takes me 22 minutes to get from the church to my house. And that is prime time for me and the Lord. And the only one, I have an audience of one, the only one that it really matters if they were pleased and blessed. Lord, did I please you? Did I bless you? Was that pleasing to you? So you might say, hey, that sermon was horrible. Well, if God was pleased with it, then it doesn't really matter what you think. There's something about us, this consumer mindset, where we place ourselves on the throne of judgment, and we're the judge. We judge whether or not that church is a good church. That worship team is a good worship team. That pastor is a good pastor. Because we're the ones. We're the ones. This is Laodicea, and I don't want to get too far off into this, but it's the laity that decides. That's what the word Laodicea, the name Laodicea means. It's where we get laity and diocese, where the laity decide. This is the lukewarm church that Jesus is on the outside of, knocking to come back in to sup with them and them with him. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but that doesn't mean you have to stop learning from God's Word. We encourage you to read the Bible yourself. You can start in Proverbs, where Pastor J.D. left off, or turn to another book. Each one holds information, encouragement, and instruction that will be beneficial to you. Are you part of a community of believers? If you haven't yet found a church that you can call home, we'd like to encourage you to make that a top priority. A church family can be a source of support and comfort, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. This is also a place you can serve and encourage others too, and where you can be challenged to dive deeper into your relationship with Christ. 
If you're in the Kaneohe area, you have a standing invitation to be part of our family of believers. Come join Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more and get directions at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings as well as his Mideast Prophecy Updates. We also have some helpful resources, too. You'll find Pastor J.D.'s ABCs of Salvation there, a great way to share the simplicity of the gospel message with friends and family. That's all available at our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for tuning in today. Join us next time for more from Proverbs, right here on In Spirit and Truth. Call me, me true, true.